everyone, this is Zain Sharma, the Director of Pioneer Missions and School of Missions with Kingdom Vision Global, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. To receive more updates from us, please do visit our website, kvglobal.org, or find us on our Instagram page, Global School of Missions. Today with us, we have Evangelist Tanson John, and he'll be sharing with us through the Book of Colossians. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to today's study on the Book of Colossians. And today we're going to look into the last verses, few verses that's in the book of chapter 2 from verse 16 to 23. And I believe our previous podcasts were a great blessing to you. Now, Paul, the apostle, as we know that he's dealing with the different set of people here. There were a large number of uh, Gentiles who were being saved. And obviously the devil wasn't really happy about it. And one group of people that uh, that were really coming against uh, the Gentiles were the people of Jewish religion, and they thought that, you know, they had to follow some of the laws, some of the Jewish laws in order for their salvation to be completed. But here Paul clearly talks about that in this verse in 16, where he says, let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. In fact, when you know God gave the laws to, to the Jews, he didn't give laws to the Gentiles. Now, these Jews had about, about 618 commandments to follow. Can you believe that? 618 commandments to keep? That would have been really crazy, right? And all these commandments were, you know, most and all I would say all of these commandments and and and, and I would say were to do with uh how they would relate to God and how they would be relating with each other, uh, how they would be living in a community and how they would be taking care of themselves. All these laws reflected those stuffs. Now, Paul says those laws were nothing but shadow of the substance. They were nothing but the shadow of the substance. You know, in other words, uh, let me give you an example. Uh, let's say my wife, you know, she uh, happened to go for, uh, go on a long vacation uh, to some place, and and this happened sometime. Let, let's say let's say this happened 20 years ago, where our phones did not have cameras and pictures and uh, you know video calling and all of that. Um, so there is no way that I can see her physically, right, or virtually. Um, but I had but 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 I would have had pictures of her. So whenever I would miss her, I would pull up some pictures and I would look at the pictures and and let's say when she comes back or returns back from vacation and uh, imagine I'm just continuing to look at the pictures while she's sitting right next to me. And that would have been crazy. Who would do that? Right. You would continue to look at the pictures, you know, when uh, my wife is sitting right next to me, <laughs> that would be really, really, really something stupid that I would be doing. So that's exactly what Paul is saying here. All of these were like pictures. All right. They were images, but now we have, Christ himself with us. So we don't have to follow those annual sacrifices, those yearly feasts, and so and so. But although all of them have a meaning that pointed towards Christ. I remember one time uh, a pastor came up to me and he said how one of his church members were heavily influenced by uh, Jewish teachings. And uh, they, you know, they wanted the pastor to, in fact, include uh, some of the Jewish worship materials during the time of worship. 
and uh, something to do with lighting of candles, aromatic candles, and, and a whole lot of different things, and putting on a certain type of clothing, clothes on their fore, on their heads while they prayed. Uh, and then somebody else brought in some shofar and so and so, and they missed the point. The point was that they thought that while when you do, if you do all of these things, you're somehow pleasing God and you're somehow, uh, you know, uh, increase, you know, uh, the presence of God during the worship and how wrong they were, how wrong they were. Right. And that's exactly what Paul is referring to here, that you don't really have to absorb all of these things. You have a substance now. And Christ is in our hearts. He dwells in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Amen. And this is, and, and, and we're no longer following any religion or any set of rules or set of regulations. But now we're following the person and the person of G, person who is Jesus himself. We're following him through the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not saying all of these, uh, these objects, you know, uh, you know, are wrong, but when we turn them into objects of worship, that's when we go wrong, right? Now, all these objects like Jewish clothing and, and the shofar, this, this is all for us to remind how things were done in the, in the Old Testament, but we don't need them right now because we have Christ himself with us. And it's the Holy Spirit who helps us to exalt Christ. If you ever want to experience Jesus, the closest you want to experience, have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And that's how you experience Christ in a more deeper way. And now we go to verse 18. Paul here talks about another, uh, another set of people that were trying to influence another false doctrine here. Paul says, let no one cheat you out of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels intruding into those things which has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. So Paul is trying to say that, you know, don't delight in false humility. You know, that's wrong. In a false humility is rooted in spiritual pride. Now, where does the when when does a person fall into the trap of false humility? When the person feels unworthy to come to God, unworthy to pray or seek God, that's when the person chooses different means of trying to connect with God, different means of trying to get attention of God on themselves. And here they chose the worship of angels because uh, in, in, in their set of teachings, they believe that the worship that, that angels they, they always beheld the face of God. So they thought, you know, worshiping angels some way would bring them closer to God. And that is so, so, so wrong. And Paul refutes that very clearly here. You don't need angels as a mediator. Christ is the mediator to God. He's the only worthy mediator to God. Nobody can take his place. It was Jesus who died on the cross, not an angel. God didn't send an angel to die on the cross. It was Jesus who died on the cross for you. So he's the most worthy mediator ever to God, between man and God. So they're not an angel. So if anybody points to you apart from Christ, that's a false teacher. And that's a false teaching. Amen. And verse 19, Paul continues to say, and not holding fast to the head from from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with increase 
that is from God. So Paul is saying you've got to hold fast to the head. Who is the head? Jesus himself is the head. And if anybody claims that they have a revelation to share, they have to share it with everyone in the church. The whole body of Christ needs to be benefited, not just few people, but the whole body of Christ needs to be benefited. And when the whole body of Christ is, uh, is receiving a revelation, and if it's a, if it's a revelation that is from God, they will be nourished, they'll be united, and not only that, there will be an increase that will come. So Paul clearly says that, that if it's from God, there will be a blessing that will fall on the body of Christ. Verse 20, Paul continues to write and says, Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulations? In other words, Paul is saying we are not in a religion. We don't have to follow rules and regulations to, to, to perfect ourselves anymore. God has accepted us in Christ Jesus. Okay? You see, the people of religion, they always try to do things to get God's attention. But Paul is saying you don't have to follow. Don't subject yourself in regulations. You are a free people. When you are in Christ Jesus, you have been made free. So don't go back into the bondage anymore. And in verse 21, uh, you know, speaks about another group of people. Those are ascetic, ascetic or asceticism, where people that focused on body discipline, they focused on that what some of the foods that you need to abstain. They also focused on, you know, uh, how you have to ex even abstain from some of the marital duties uh, so that you can uh, gain higher spirituality. And one of the ways uh, in verse 21, Paul mentions, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concerns things which perish you with using according to the commandments and the doctrines of men. Like the ascetic people, they say, do not touch that, do not taste this, do not handle. So they focus a lot on how to abstain from certain things. So Paul says, those are the doctrines of men. He said, those are commandments and doctrines of men. They are not from God. God never gave them to man. And that's how man is trying to build his relationship with God when Jesus already said, I am the way. You don't need to make a way for yourself to come to God. I am the way to the Father. So Paul says, come unto me. Sorry, Jesus said, come unto me. Those who are heavy laden and burdened and I will give you rest. Jesus for sure didn't, didn't point to anybody else. But these group of people were trying to create their own doctrine. And they said that, you know, if don't abstain from this thing and abstain from that. And that's how you purify yourself. And that's how, you know, you, you meet the heavenly standards. There's no way. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. And you come through me, you get to the Father. There's no other way. Verse 23. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Now, there were a group of people that they thought that, you know, um, body is not an important part. Your spirit is an important part. In other words, whatever you do in your body, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but your focus should be your spirit because your spirit is the one who goes to heaven. But that is so, so wrong because Jesus said, 
uh, you know, to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your body. Right? And Paul also wrote in, in Corinthians. What did he say? The letter to Corinthians. He said, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So here Paul clearly says in verse 23 that these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body. It says the neglect of the body. They don't care how you live. But there is no value. It brings absolutely in the end, it brings no value. So I want to I want to bring to your attention uh, what Paul again mentions that they have an appearance of wisdom. In other words, they appear so spiritual, they appear so righteous, but they have no value at all. Why? Because they're all rooted in the end in confidence in the flesh. It's all rooted in the confidence in the flesh. It's not rooted in the confidence in the spirit. It's not rooted in the confidence in the finished work of Jesus. It's all about how, it's all about the works mentality here, right? I remember one time how, you know, uh, there's a brother who went into a time of fast and pray, you know, fasting and praying, didn't inform his family and he just went and took off to a, a, diff, a distant location and uh, nobody knew where he was for days to weeks. And and finally he came back and he said that I, I was away from people, away from the world, trying to attain you know, the anointing from God and trying to get close to God and and all of that while his family was suffering, while his people around were clueless as to where he went. Now, that's not from God. God never says something like that. That was a self-imposed thing. He imposed it himself. Uh, and then I, later I found out why he did that is because the guilt in him drove him to do that. And he was he was he was trying to punish himself by because he felt that he was uh, not worthy. So he tried to beat his guilt through fasting and through prayer. And somehow he thought that he would uh, be free from guilt and shame of or the condemnation that he was going through. You know what's all of that is nothing but self-imposed stuff. It's a self-imposed religion that Paul writes here, and that's rooted again in false humility. Like we said, false humility is nothing but spiritual pride in one sense. It's a spiritual pride in one sense, but the in the end, it carries no value. Listen, our freedom was purchased on the cross of Calvary. Jesus Christ purchased our freedom. We had nothing to do with it. He himself purchased it and he gave us as a gift. He gave us as a gift. No amount of righteous works is enough. Let me ask you, if you're thinking that your righteous works is what get to heaven, let me ask you this question. How much of your righteous work is enough then? You got also got to answer that. How much of your righteous works is enough for you to get to heaven. Can you answer that? Nobody can answer that, right? And that's what I ask to people. How much of your righteous works is enough for you to go to heaven? So nobody knows the answer. Why? Because it absolutely doesn't have an answer in the end. Because no amount of righteous works can take us to heaven. So let's get rid of the self-imposed religion. And let's accept Jesus as the way and experience deeper connection with him. Let's experience the freedom that was purchased for us on the cross of Calvary. And Paul says, for you have been, you have died with Christ. So Paul, Paul clearly says that your past identity is over. 
Now you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Don't be deceived. Don't let the enemy take that reward out of you. Cheat you out of your reward. And that's what the enemy is after. He wants to somehow cheat you into false doctrines. And it's time to get rid of false humility in worship. Another way of saying, another way of people have seen how the worship, they somehow say they are bad, how bad they are and how useless they are and how unworthy they are before God. And, and they try to self-criticize their way to, uh, you know, self-condemn themselves. And they think by doing that, somehow God is going to show pity on them. That's false humility, my friend. That's not right humility. And I've seen so many Christians do that. And let's get rid of that too. I believe today's teaching brought will bring you, uh, you into your freedom from all this uh, religious, uh, man-made religious stuff that are going right now. Will bring you into freedom from those things. Freedom from those things. You don't have to go back to you, any of those things anymore. You have been purchased by the blood of Jesus. You're, right now, your identity is in Christ Jesus. You are made free so that you can experience deeper relationship with God through Christ. Through Christ. Amen. I pray that this word will get more deeper in your spirit. And until next time, I pray that God will uh, continue to minister from this very chapter. See you soon again. Bye-bye.